The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to pariomagazine.com.au. Welcome to the Commentary Booth, where we watch, and you guessed it, commentate on the week that was in movies and TV. I'm your host and play-by-play commentator, Jamie Apps, and each week I'm joined by a rotating cast of colour commentators to help you find your next viewing treat. This week I'm joined by an impact fee technician who lists their favourite movie as A Nightmare on Elm Street and favourite TV show as Golden Girls. Welcome back to the show, Karina Maybe. Hello, long time no speak. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad. That's disgusting beer. That's it is banana bread beer that's fucking delicious um eagle brewery is where it is from i don't really know where they are but that sounds delicious banana bread's a dessert not a beer no it's it's this product of england so our friends over in the uk are like let's take delicious banana bread and liquefy the motherfucker and add alcohol to it and i'm just like i'm here for it let me let me go at it it's fucking delicious uh, and I thought it was just the Americans that were weird. But no, the pommies are just as bad. And mm, no, 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 no. Because you explained to me this this chicken sandwich the other night when I was in line at KFC and you were like, do they have this sandwich? And I didn't know what the fuck that was. And that was like the double-double or something. I don't know what the fuck you called it. The double. But like the chicken, it's the chicken sandwich with the cheese and the bacon and the chicken. Yeah, KFC double. I'm pretty sure it is originally American, but I don't know if you kept it for very long. I think you had to pull it because too many people were having heart attacks. I was going to say, we're already very unhealthy people over here. And the fact that our KFC does not have something that sounds like a heart attack waiting to happen is very surprising. So I'm here for KFC bringing back that sandwich over here briefly so I can try it. It's pretty delicious. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. It's not not as delicious when you have two of them and a family-sized potato and gravy. Well, not everybody has a metabolism of you either. Like, if I ate that, I would literally be in a cardiac arrest and I would be at the hospital, like, getting my stomach pumped because they're going to be like, what did you, what happened to you? That's fine. I just had a nice little nappy nap afterwards. Mm. Yeah, that sounds like a fucking food coma waiting to happen. <laughs> so on to this week's topic. This week, we're returning to the world of live action anime iterations as we check out Netflix's version of Avatar The Last Airbender from our perspective as totally new viewers to this story and this series. Netflix's Avatar The Last Airbender, like we mentioned, it's a live-action adaptation of an anime series of the same name, which ran from 2005 to 2008. I've since read they're about to continue the story in 2025 with a animated movie, so that'll be interesting to see where that goes. And probably do quite well based off the sort of reception that this one got before release, not so much after release. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot of people that were hyped about this coming out, much like, I think that has to deal with the succession of, like, One Piece doing so fucking well and, you know, like, having such a great following, especially, like, bringing in new viewers that I think everybody went into this mindset as, oh, it's going to be just as good as One Piece was, like, see what they did with that, they're going to do that with, with this too and hot let us down. I think a lot of people were like that until they saw that first trailer and then a lot of people went, hmm, yeah. may, maybe not so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In this series, we follow Aang, who is a young boy, finds out that he is the next avatar and thus he must master the four elemental powers to save the world 
by fighting against an enemy that is hell-bent on stopping him. The series is set in a war-torn world inspired by a series of Asian and Indigenous uh, cultures where certain people can bend one of four elements, earth, water, fire, and air. Aang as the avatar and the last living airbender is the bridge between the mortal world and the spirit world and the only one capable of bending all four elements instead of just one. Before we dive into sort of breaking down the cast and the, the plot, what did you think overall of Avatar The Last Airbender by Netflix? Mm-hmm. Um, the animals that are in this world were the best part of this movie for me. Show, not movie. Show. It might have been better as a fucking movie at this point. Like I would have handled a two-hour movie with this with this show, mm. but instead I got eight episodes. The live-action movie is apparently really is just as bad, if not worse. I skipped that live-action movie from like I don't know the early two thousands or whenever the fuck it came out. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. I was one of those people that went into this with expectations of One Piece, whereas I had never watched One Piece. I was thoroughly impressed with the live-action, and I can't wait for another season. This I struggled to get through the last couple episodes. Yep, there were parts where I was like, "Not nah, this ain't it, sis." Like, mm-mm. so um, yeah, we'll we'll dive into more of my pet peeves with this show. But let me just say, Appa and the little flying monkey thingamabobby, Momo is that, that I think that's his name. Um, yeah, those are the two best things about this this entire show for me. <laughs> yeah, my biggest complaint with this series is the sort of weird tonal shifts that it has. Yes. One moment it is really serious, like heart-wrenching story plots. And then the next second Aang is saying some like goofy kitty joke. And it's like, it doesn't know what it wants to be. Like, does this want to be like a more serious, dark, mature take on the story? Or does it want to just echo what the, the kid's cartoon was? And it's like stuck in two worlds. Much like Aang, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like that has a lot to do with Aang's character in general, where he is still that, like, he's in the mindset, even though, spoiler alert, he's, you know, over 100 years old at this point. The fact that he has that mindset of he's like a 10-year-old kid throughout the whole show, you really get those bits and parts of him where he just wants to be a kid. He doesn't want to have the responsibility of saving all the worlds and all the elements and and the benders. So I I get where they were going with that. It just wasn't done very well. Um, It was like very mixed matched. Like there was no like ease into certain sequences. It was just either you're very young and adolescent or you're very serious. This is what is expected of you moment. Yeah. And like, I just think the jokes were like really cringy as well. They weren't very well written jokes. So they were like, no, every time they hit, you're like, oh, geez, that's. Mm. Not not so good. <laughs> and you mentioned the, the creatures. Yeah, they're very cool creature designs. We got Appa, the sky bison, Momo, the winged lemur. And like in that opening, very first opening sequence of the first episode as well, there's some like weird hybrid chicken rat pigeon things. Mm-hmm. So like, there's some cool animals in this series. My, I think my ultimate other complaint with this show is the inconsistency of the CGI. Oh, yeah. Because Appa, you could see like every little strand of hair on Appa's face. You can see the little wrinkles in his nose. Appa looked very well done. However, then you have Aang that's like flying through the fucking air all willy nilly. And he looks like just a little blurb sometimes. Like it's terribly disconnected. He looks like he's moving at like 20 frames a second. Like he's real like yeah. jerk. And I noticed it like in certain battle sequences where like you can just like it doesn't mesh very well at all. 
all. Like they stand out so prominently from the background that you're just like, what the? <laughs> why even show me a background? Just show me the green screen at this point because it was not very well done. But I just, I don't know how they went so wrong. <laughs> yeah. There's some moments where like they've clearly built like the set, like in, in some of the rooms and stuff. But then there's also moments mm-hmm. where it's just like, that is blatantly a green screen and it's not even like, the, the lighting's off, so, like, the characters, like, really pop off it, and it's like, oh, that, it just looks really bad at times. But it was the action moments where it was, like, the most jarring for me because as soon as, like, a human character had to jump around and do anything. It didn't work at all. Yeah, that it wasn't, like, a person choreographed doing fight sequences. Like, as soon as they were, like, jumping and f- getting up into the air, it was like, oh, that's clearly animated. And, like, he's, just, like, jumping like this, like, <laughs> Yeah, it was very rough. Like the, the the first episode, I was like, "Oh, oh, that doesn't, that's not good looking. Maybe it'll get better." I was like, "Maybe, maybe it's just like a first episode hiccup. Like they didn't edit it very well, or you know, who knows?" But yeah, like I just it bothers me how inconsistent it is because I was like, "Oh yeah, the characters like great. Like you can see like different touches and all in the textures and stuff like that." And then you just get to like the panned out sequences, and I'm like, "Nope, no, no." Yeah, it's as soon as they have to move. Like, yeah, it's just, it's gross. When they're standing still and just like talking or something, the character models are fantastic. It's the movement where it, yeah. it all falls apart. Yeah, it's very rough. Even like, I don't know, when he's talking to the other previous avatars, some of that, it's like a very mixed like bag of good and bad CGI all in the same like sequences almost. Also, did they reuse an actor? I don't know, did they? Like, is one of the previous avatars the, um, the like uncle from Zuko's, like Zuko's uncle. Is it the same actor? It might be. I don't know. It's, it was tripping me out. I'm like, he looks like, I sound super racist because they're two Asian, ca- Asian people. But I was looking at yeah. it and like, are they the same actor? Yeah, it was very confusing. The pacing of it was kind of confusing. The whole time jump was really awkwardly displayed and shown. It threw me off a lot. <laughs> And that was just like the first episode. I was like, if I if I'm this confused in this, what what is happening in the rest of the series? Because yeah, they hit you with a big lore dump like 20 minutes into the episode where they're like, okay, so this is what an avatar is. They control all of the elements. They do all this. Oh yeah, and by the way, uh, Ang is now 100 years old. He's just been frozen in ice. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We just dumped a lot of information on me real quick. He had one of those KFC double sandwiches. <laughs> Took a little nappy. <laughs> And it was very weird, like, how he unfroze because of his burst of energy, but then poor Appa was still left behind, like, all right, guys, I'm just going to chill in this gigantic ice block for a hot minute. Yeah, it was a bit weird. One thing I will give the CGI credit for is the um, the opening credit and, like, title page. Yes. That's awesome. That looks great. I love it. Each episode has like a different element swooshing around. Um, it's really fun. Yeah, I wish we kept that going. <laughs> yeah, like you can tell the parts where they, it was a simple task, but they had a long time to like really get in there and do the fine details, like the APA model design. They clearly had a long time to like, okay, we have to make this character because he's so important. Let's really get in there. Let's do all the fine like detail work on the hairs and everything. But then the action sequences, they obviously had a little bit less time. So they're like, okay, we'll just get it. Get it done. It'll be fine. It'll look it'll look fine. And then we mentioned the the abilities, the four elements, fire, air, water, earth. Did you get 
in Captain Planet vibes as well. Yes, yes. This is like a modern take on Captain Planet, except it probably would have been better if it had been Captain Planet, as in the cartoon. Like, I'm not giving them any fucking ideas. Jesus Christ, Netflix, please don't fuck up my childhood. I was just about to say, I, I could go, I could go live action Captain Planet right now. Super fitting today with the whole like save the planet climate change message. Okay, I'll take Captain Planet if fucking HBO does it. Like, <laughs> I don't feel like they're gonna let me down. Netflix has been very like wishy washy, so I don't know what to get out of it. Or Prime Video, they do really great work with like the animated stuff. That's another one. I will, I'll give it to Prime. Yeah, I mean they did great with Lord of the Rings. So come on. On those four elements, like I said, I got big Captain Planet vibes, particularly when they mentioned like. Oh yeah, you have to have like a lot of heart. Like that's really important as well to control these elements. I was like, oh my God, it's just earth, wind, fire, air, the heart. Okay. We are just Captain Planet without the big blue guy. Except, you know, Aang has blue glowy head, arrows and eyeballs. So, I mean, he's kind of like a low key Captain Planet with just a bald head. Mm -hmm. But yeah, fire seems super OP, like massively overpowered compared to all the others. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed with a lot of this and the element uh, displays, we'll put it that way. Um, I know I told you this before, but I was kind of disappointed that like he spends like two whole fucking episodes in the Earthbender kingdom pretty much and comes out the same fucking person that he was when he went in there. <laughs> like zero knowledge whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like The fire guys are like samurai warriors and yeah, like fire just, it seems super powerful because it, yeah, it can like, you can do fireballs, you can shoot like lava and stuff. And, like Sure. It's a very offensive element. And then you have Aang, who's an airbender, which is like obviously going to be more peaceful and defensive leaning where, because you can't really hurt anyone with a bit of wind unless you like blow them off a cliff. Yes, exactly. I, I give them credit with the fact that their elements and the portrayal of the tribes with the elements did follow suit pretty well. Like the monks in the airbender temples, super peaceful. Everybody seems really happy and go lucky, mm-hmm. you know. Fire super aggressive. Water people are just kind of like, eh, let's keep to ourselves and kind of keep the peace. We don't want to screw any pots or anything like that. So, I mean, you know, I, I give them that, <laughs> but. Yeah, I wrote down like you have, yeah, the samurai warriors for fire, the monks for air, the kind of like fishermen, Eskimo fishermen for uh, the water tribe. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, they're healers as well, which I guess makes sense with uh, water. And then the earth people are like builders and geisha. They're all on that side. So yeah, I thought, yeah, the portrayal of like embodying the, the elements in people and tribes made sense. Absolutely. I don't know. There was a couple spots where I was just like, why, why are you even putting these people in here? Like the sequences with like the geishas with the fans and stuff like that, like those warrior women, like. They were sick though. They were really cool, but they just don't fit in anywhere. We didn't need a whole episode with them. No, like you spent an entire episode in their tribe and you like embodied their elder, but you didn't do anything. (laughs) There was no point to it other than they were just looking for the avatar in your village. Yeah, I kind of, during that episode, I was expecting the the one that Soka like starts Mm -hmm. to fall in love with. Yeah. I was expecting her to like join the group. Yes, because they thought they led to believe. And then she didn't. And I was like, oh. That was weird. <laughs> it also set in my head a very high expectation for how 
the previous avatars were going to be shown throughout the show. Like the fact that like she kind of like came out and like went a little ham because she was kind of like a revived for a moment. I was like, okay, cool. Maybe that's like going to be a vibe through the whole show and we'll get to see like them in action and he'll learn from them. Nope. Just that once. Just that one time. Just that once. (laughs) One time. Still didn't learn anything from her either. (laughs) Yeah, not really. Are you a trading card collector or a fan of Australian pro wrestling? If so, you're not going to want to miss out on the limited edition Australian wrestling cards. Each set includes 50 packs of 10 cards, including some of the country's top wrestling talents like Robbie Eagles, Shane Haste, Madison Eagles, Hartley Jackson, and they have Shaza McKenzie listed, although she is not a favorite. Uh, The Velocities and a lot more. There's wrestlers, referees, announcers, commentators that are featured giving you a full appreciation of the Australian independent scene. The cards sold out a lot faster because cards are hot right now, but you can order your Australian wrestling cards now at Perio Magazine. That's P-A-R-I-O magazine.com.au slash A-U-S-W-R-E-S cards. Follow Australian wrestling cards on social media at Cards for updates. Join the hundreds of fans who have already discovered the excitement of Australian wrestling cards. I also wrote down uh, Pokemon Gym Leader vibe as well when he goes to that Earth Kingdom and has to fight the, like, Earth King. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it's the air element versus the Earth element. Who's going to win? Right? And then he, like, continues that throughout the season as well. Like, he has to go and have little battles with other element people. It's like, yeah, it's just Pokemon. Yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> 100%. And I, it's like I said, like my my consistent problem with this show is that Aang is supposed to be an avatar. He's supposed to master all of these elements and how to bend every single element. He doesn't learn one fucking element other than fucking air in the entire goddamn show. Yeah, I guess the one pushback on that is like he's the first avatar to not feel like he has to do everything himself. Yeah. He's kind of like the power of friendship is what's helping him. Like he has Katara who can do all the water stuff. Yeah. But he doesn't have a fire dude or an earth dude to help. Like, he's just kind of like... No. And so the way that this is, like, set it like set up is, like, okay, cool. You want to have an avatar, but you want to have, like, someone master their own element instead of mastering all of them yourself. So now you've got your water, but are you going to be going with, like, Suko now? And you're going to have, like, or whatever his fucking name is, and have, like, a him as your fire? And then what are you going to do about your Earth people? And all this other, like, it just, it, he was so focused on friendship. And I'm like, that's that's not an Avatar job. And, like, I understand you're trying to change the ways, but people are going to keep dying, dude. Yep. And I also got some uh, TMNT elements as well with the, the face masks for the fire samurai dudes. I was like, that's just a shredder mask. 100% and like even like and even removes like the shredder mask like doop, doop. <laughs> I was like uh that's just shredder mask but I guess shredder was always just like based on a samurai anyway so it's like no. oh the little birds the birds that they they use as horses yep those are straight up fucking chocobos from Final Fantasy I'm sorry yeah <laughs> they fucking ripped off chocobos they've definitely pulled some elements from a lot of different areas here I was like sitting here. I'm just like, are we going to have Chocobo races too? Like that would have been the ultimate thing for me. But I was like, how many things are you going to rip off in one fucking series right now? Yeah. As someone that has never watched Avatar before, I was like, um, this isn't a very original concept. No, I don't like, I kind of want to watch like a little bit of the animated series to see how much it differs from like the live action. Like if it's as cringe and if it's as like 
gimmicky and, and stuff. I thought the action sequences were really cool, but they are very, very PG. Like there's no, in eight episodes, I think the only little bit of blood that we see is when Zuko helps Aang escape from the, the fire prison and like has the sword to his neck and like gives him the little cut on his neck. And it's like, that's literally the only bit of blood we see, but yeah, there's people being hit with fireballs and ice spikes and everything. And like, we just, they just fall over. Yeah, there's no, like, blood or anything. There's no, like, severe burns other than Zuko's face. But, like, it's not even bloody. It's, like, a healed kind of scar thing. Yeah, it's a scar. But, like, yeah, you see people getting, like, bolted with literal firebolts and getting burnt up, and they're just, like, lightly crispy. Like, oh, they got a little bit of a sunburn. Again, that's that weird, like, tonal thing. Like, we're trying to be this really mature, dark thing where the people are, like, getting absolutely destroyed with violent moves. But then, oh, we've got to we've got to still appease the kids, and we can't be too graphic. Yeah, I think they with this particular show, I think they're kind of like in a weird spot too, because people that are our age, we watch this show. Well, not us, but you know, um, so they wanted to have it more geared to the adults, so we could relate to it. But at the same time, they also know that people our age, some of us have kids, and so they want to make it to the point where everybody can watch it. So it is a very odd balance that they have to meet, but. I don't know. I've just found that's never a good way to when content is produced that way that they need to just pick like where are they going to be? We're going to lean into the people that grew up on Avatar and they're now sort of old enough so they can deal with the the mature themes, or we're just going to make it fully kid friendly. It's strange. Um, I think the only thing I can maybe compare it to, other than One Piece, is probably Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday was really smart in a sense that like. They wanted to to appeal to all families, but they still kept a very like very dark tone throughout the entire show and had little bits of like kid friendly things stuffed in there. But it wasn't too hard to balance it. It was just really well done. And for the most part, everything was like the same tone throughout. I think it probably helps with that. that There isn't like crazy violent moments where there's a werewolf on the loose in that show. But yeah, no, but there's not like people fighting and stuff. Correct. Yeah, that is true. I just this is like brutal hand-to-hand combat, but then the next thing it's like, yeah, he's fine. He just passed out. Yeah, and that's so strange too with this show that like after every battle sequence, it's just like, all right, guys, it's okay. You know, we helped them. They'll be okay for a while. Let's go on to our next adventure. Like, there is nothing that's kind of just hanging there. The whole city's destroyed. You just wiped out an entire race of people. It's it's okay. Don't worry. We'll recover. We'll be fine. Yeah. Sort of on that front of like. The themes of the season, uh, I got racism, isolation, friendship we mentioned was a big one, uh, revenge and redemption in the Zuko storyline, uh, spirituality, genocide was a pretty major theme. Mass genocide. Meeting the expectations of like your life and what your parents expect of you. And then Katara's whole storyline is girl power. Yeah. Particularly at the end, they really throw the girl power storyline down your throat in episode seven and eight. Yeah, I really wish that they had shown her progression a little better because it was like she went from I can't bend water and make a fucking bubble to look at me, I'm fucking chopping ice discs up at people's faces. And I'm like, do you want a ham? Like, good for you. I'm glad that you're like mastering your shit. But it's just... It was also fast. Like it happened like at the drop of a dime. Like, oh yeah, I've been practicing. It's fine. Yeah. She like speaks to that jet character and then all of a sudden she's basically a master at waterbending. Yeah. Which also, side note, jet, fucking useless character. Why was he even there? 
I'm so mad about that character. You have no idea. Like I, again, this was another character I thought was going to join the group and was going to mm-hmm. become like, you know, one of the fab five or whatever. And no, absolutely not. Just, just, yeah. My assumption with some of these characters that like in this season are kind of there for three quarters of an episode. My assumption is that in the animated series, they must be like around for a bit longer. Like they must be there for half a dozen episodes or something. So you get a little bit more depth on them. But when you condense Avatar, which is multiple seasons, probably a lot of episodes per season, down into a single eight episode run, yeah, you can't spend three episodes with all of these side characters. That's true. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true because that happened with The Witcher and a certain, like a couple characters in The Witcher where like you saw them briefly in like season one and then they didn't come back for a while and I only knew about them because they were in the video game. So I guess that's true with, uh, with never having watching the show. They might be like a reoccurring character that just happens to pop up in sidelines and stuff. But yeah, we'll see. I just, yeah, that character, I was really optimistic on that character and just like joining their crew, not like the whole fucking Robin Hood and Merry Men bullshit, but... Um, <laughs> Because that's what that gave me was Robin Hood vibes. Um, But yeah. We mentioned Katara. I thought she was probably the best character in the show, which is weird considering she's supposed to be a sidekick. Yeah, she had probably the best character development. Yeah, she had the the best character arc. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she was just like the most captivating character as well. Like she felt everything she did, like apart from how quickly it all happened, it felt earned. Like she built up to that, whereas Aang really doesn't do much of anything. He just lets other people do everything like even the big finale that's the uh water spirit thing doing everything not him you mean godzilla you mean fucking godzilla because that's what it looks like is fucking godzilla the godzilla fish yeah a godzilla fish and like also her brother like cool he wants to be with his sister and like make sure she's protected and shit like that he's useless yeah he just falls in love with every pretty girl yeah, in every town because that's 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 hinted upon too in like the start of another episode where they're just like, oh, did you really have to go for that person? He's like, I didn't know she was this. I, yeah, his character is almost pointless. Like I appreciate him for comedic relief, but he does like a little bit of hand-to-hand combat. But other than that, it's like, meh, not really necessary. Yeah. Yeah, but like, I guess they kind of, they allude to him. He was never really a warrior. He kind of just got put into that role because of who his dad was and his dad left. So he had to like, just step up, but if he had the opportunity, he would have been more like an engineer or something more practical on that front. Yeah, and we see that come out when he's like talking to the the guy who like invents all the cool like the mechanist or whatever that they meet in that town, which is cool. And like you can see his potential, but I feel like he's just kind of wasted. Um, just kind of being like the fall guy almost for just like getting everybody on a shitty situation. Yeah, he's he's that character that always stuffs something up, and then the other two have to fix the problems. Yeah, it's just it's a very weird kind of thing to see him pop in there, but it's, I mean, whatever. <laughs> it's better than just having the two of the two of them. And then we learned at the very end that the whole conceit and attack on the Northern Water Trap was simply a diversion for the Fire Lord's true goal of capturing the Earth-bending city by sending Zuko's sister Azula to take over that. Her character irks me. We'll put it that way. I'm so irked by her character, I can't even. I guess that's kind of the point, though. She's supposed to be the annoying little sister type character. That's not why it irks me. It irks me because of what we discover with her and the things that she can do that aren't emphasized on at all. The, like, random lightning ability that she suddenly has? Where did that fucking element come out of? 
That was never fucking mentioned. That's not an element. What the fuck is this? That wasn't mentioned before. Does Aang have to now fucking uh, also master electricity? Because if so, he's really behind now. Like, oof. Yeah, he hasn't just got three to catch up when he's got four now. Also, like, was she like the milkman's baby or something? Because like everybody else in her family is fire wielding and now she's like, I'm electric, boogie woogie. Um, <laughs> she's also fire. Like she's a weird, like hybrid character. It's like, ooh. That's why I'm like, all right, well, that's definitely not her dad then. Like her mom been doing some stuff with the village. Yeah, that um, that really tripped me out when she like suddenly had lightning coming out of her hands. I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, no, nobody's talked about this before. Where'd this come from? Is this new? No, I was just like, this is strange as fuck. Like, what is happening right now? Yeah. Is she like the first person to have ever done this? Because nobody's mentioned this anywhere before. No, and it's like you see it briefly and then that's it. Poof. Nothing, no other mention of it whatsoever. Which, cool, granted, like, they're writing on we're going to get a second season. So they're like, all right, well, maybe we'll look on it later on. But even when she does it, all of those people, like, standing around watching? They're unfazed. I'm wondering if, like, her friends that were, like always in her ear like knew about it and was like oh yeah this is your time to shine like show your dad what he doesn't fucking know kind of moment like show him that you are better than your brother yeah but even he wasn't shocked even he's just like oh yeah that makes sense her dad is fucking emotionless anyway he's a twat but you know like father of the year award is not going to that guy yeah yes that was one of the things i wrote down lightning powers question mark what the fuck yeah like i did not know i didn't expect that i didn't know what was happening okay so a, a spoiler now, despite all the others that we've given away, <laughs> the ending of this season teases, like you mentioned, a second season with the whole Sozin's Comet. And I was like, don't want to explain that. What the fuck is a Sozin's Comet? So I had to go and look it up. Oh, God. Apparently it is a celestial object that passes close to Earth every 100 years, just skimming the surface of the upper atmosphere. When the comet is at that distance, firebenders are able to harness its energy greatly increasing their powers. So Fire Lord Ozai figuratively describes it as giving firebenders the power of a hundred suns. So it's the equivalent of what happened. Did they, they must've mentioned it in the first episode. Like that's why they went to the airbenders because that comet was there. So they were so strong and now it's a hundred years later, it's returning. Yeah. So now it's, they're going to try and use that against Aang. But like, I was like, oh, okay. We're getting a second season. Maybe. Maybe. It was very strange. I did read that the writer's room has been like working on it already, despite there not being an official green light for a season two. Yeah. And based on the reception this show is getting, but Netflix don't care about reviews. They care about, did this draw in viewers? And I think it will draw in a lot of viewers purely based on the the hype and how much people love the original anime. Mm -hmm. So we might get a season two, whether season two performs is going to be the big question. Yeah. I have another bone to pick with this entire fucking show, too. Oh, boy. The hair is awful. Like, the wigs that they put on these people. The fake beards. And the fake beards and mustache thingies. It's atrocious, and it was bothering me the entire time because I'm looking at this, and I'm like, that's a fucking wig. That's a fucking wig. The Admiral's sideburns. Yeah, and then, like... I was like, that's a fucking wig. You can't even tell me that's not a fucking wig because she has like the ice princess or the water princess, whatever the fuck she is. Her hair, it's like her part has no scalp in it. It's just like silver everywhere. And then the fucking like fucking fire king, like you can see the little plugs on the fucking like, in the front little part of it. It was irritating me through the entire show. I was like, I can't like watch this. 
and and Aang too, the arrow on his fucking head with the little symbols in it. I don't know if you noticed it, but they they were not consistent oh. throughout the show. Like there were parts of it where it was like very light, like you couldn't tell that they were there at all almost. And then in the last episode, they were like super dark. Super detailed. Yeah, and I don't know if that was like on purpose, like, oh, he's, you know, becoming more of the avatar, so they're becoming more prominent. No, because they're supposed to be tattoos. So I think I think it's more just like the episodes where like they weren't giving like big close-ups to him. They probably just did like a, a quick stencil spray it on. But then when they knew yeah. like, he was gonna have real focus, up close personal scenes, like they really got in there and probably like hand painted them on to make them really prominent. Yeah. I don't know. I'm like an attention to detail person. So it irritated me when I was like, that's not, no. That's frustrating too, because one thing I wrote down was like, there was a lot of attention to detail on certain elements as well. Like all of the scrolls and everything that you see them reading. Yeah. They're written in katakana. Like they're not bloody just English. Like, like they're actual kanji and Japanese uh, lettering. So I was like, that makes sense. But then, yeah, you see something like that and you're like, oh, what? Where's the detail? It's yeah. Attention to detail is key with these sort of interpretations. I also had a bit of confusion in the episode where they're like in the spirit realm with the like totems and the woods and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That gigantic owl bird thing. Okay. There's a giant owl in the woods and he's just like, be careful. They do just randomly throw a lot of stuff at you. Like there's no build to a lot of these things. It's kind of like, okay, and now monster of the week or... The thing of the week yeah. I need to introduce to this series to get to the next bit. Yeah, there wasn't like a whole rhyme or reason to like certain stuff. I was just kind of just going through the motions, I guess. There, like that creature that like ate souls or whatever like that. It just reminded me of something of Spirited Away. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I guess that issue probably comes from the anime as well. Because it's a kid's anime, it probably does that. Where it's like, oh, we've got a 30 minute episode. So we just got to get into it. What they needed to really do when they sat down to write this eight episode arc is probably get in there and like okay we need to actually connect these dots a bit better and flesh out the gaps in between but it feels like they just went okay here's the the highlights of the season that we want to hit in these eight eight episodes let's just hit those yeah i don't know i i feel like i could have done with like a little less like side quests if you want to call them that and a little more like focused to like your actual mission of getting into these different nations with these different airbenders or different benders in general Mm -hmm. and like you know coming together and trying to unite everybody against the fire nation because i feel like that's what the ultimate goal is is to just like make sure that all the other elements are united together and then the last note i had was um the actor ken leong who plays commander zhao Mm -hmm. uh, when he auditioned for this show he didn't think he was auditioning for this show oh he thought he was auditioning for james cameron's avatar so when he wasn't all of a sudden a blue guy, he was like, what the, what the heck is this? <laughs> to be fair, when I told my mom, I was like, yo, I'm going to be gone for a little while. I got to go do this thing on Avatar. She goes, didn't that come out like last year? And I was like, no, not the blue people. <laughs> and she was yeah. like, oh, okay, never mind. Avatar, the airbender, not Avatar, the crazy blue spaceman. Yeah. <laughs> Avatar, the last airbender by Netflix. I'm <laughs> a best summary. <laughs> it was fun. I really liked episode six and eight. Everything else not so much. I really liked Appa. Everything else, not so much. So what would you rate Avatar The Last Airbender by Netflix? For me, this is gonna, st- it's gonna go to like a two and a half probably, as in like, 
if you're looking for something to just put on in the background that you don't really care about, cool, put it on for like background noise. If you're looking for something to like watch on the weekends with your kids that you don't have to worry about what's going to be in it and they even like remotely watch anime, chuck it on. Cool. Cool deal. But it's not something I would probably revisit unless the second season happens and I need a refresher or something like that. Yeah, I gave this a three out of five. Just it's fine. Like it's mindless midweek viewing. Season two, I probably won't immediately dive into i will wait and see sort of the response if the response is oh they fixed all of the issues i will check it out but if it's more of the same i'm gonna skip it yeah it's tolerable but it's no one piece it didn't hook me in enough to make me want to watch another eight hours of this series no like i said if they condense this to like a two-hour movie like if for some reason they were like oh yeah we definitely are not going to do a second season give the people what they want give them a two-hour live action movie that kind of like ties everything in together and then call it a day Alrighty. Thank you for listening to the commentary booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on podcast services and on YouTube. You can follow Karina on Instagram at Miss Karina Renee, and you can follow me on social media at Jamie Apps Media and at Ario Magazine. The commentary booth is a fan-funded production of Jamie Apps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our magazine, Pario Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Jamie Apps Media. The following people supported at the community support group level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Blake Robinson, Rena Renee, Courtney Paulson, Darren Hatcliffe, Jackson Carr, and Tracy Apps.